Episode 66, Unveiling Trauma's Hidden Impact with Sunitha Sandeep. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin, and today Deb, myself, and guest Sunitha Sandeep discuss how traumas shape us, constructing shields that protect us, and how to break free from those self-created narratives and move towards a path of authenticity. Welcome to the Story in Your Head podcast. Today, our guest is Sunitha. Sunitha, could you start with like a short five to 10 story elevator speech? Like, who who are you? And introduce <laughs> yourself to our listeners. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Deb. Wonderful to be here. I'm a transformative coach. I help high-functioning women end their inner struggles of anxiety or exhaustion, burnout, or any kind of previous trauma so that they can awaken their full potential and live life with higher impact, deeper fulfillment, and a kind of inner joy that's beyond the scope of self-development programs. Great. Thank you so much, Sunitha. And and I just want to say thank you also for your TED Talk. I thought that that was very informative. Would love for our listeners to be able to see that because one of the things you talk about is that a lot of people experience trauma and that we're not alone in that. But one thing you really, really made me curious about was that the trauma wasn't necessarily about the event of the trauma itself. It was about the subjective experience of that trauma. And I was wondering if you could explain that a little more to our listeners. What what does that mean? Yeah. So usually, traditionally or conventionally, when we think of trauma, we think of these big events, like, you know, sexual abuse that had happened or a major child abuse that happened or a catastrophe that hit us or a war or severe sickness or, or so. And those are traumas with a big T. However, what we are finding out now and what the science is finding out now is that many people go through these smaller traumatic events with a small T. And at the end of the day, it could be the same event that has happened to me and that has happened to you and me. But then what is our subjective experience to it? Is there a way that we know how to process the trauma that's coming in? Do we have that mental, emotional, and somatic capacity to process the trauma and let the trauma pass through us like a tunnel that we are? Let the experience of the trauma pass through us or not. And that is what makes the difference. So again, it depends on the event that has happened. For somebody, it could just be, uh, it could be something like an emotional neglect that happened growing up as a child that can cause a traumatic event. Traumatic event at the end of the day is just we did not know how to process and we have suppressed it enough number of times that it has gone into unconscious layers, into, into our repressed layers, and then they only show up as triggers or as a reaction to a trigger that is happening. That's what a traumatic event means. Thanks. I want to, if I could go a little deeper, like into the trauma. Like, yes, please. Like, how do you hold like trauma? Like, what is trauma? Like, wh- and what, what, like, like there, there's something that happens or there's, there's like, just give us like your, your distinction for like, how do we look at trauma? Yeah. So, so let's say growing up as a child, something happened to the child wherein, there was no emotional availability 
from their parents for the child growing up and the child wanted to convey so many things that the child wanted to talk to the parents with so many things or share some of the things and for some reason the child developed that this is not the way that i need to behave because if i behave this way then something my parents are not going to react well and so what happens is at that point of time something gets suppressed in the child maybe again and again like there is complex trauma there is more and more such events keep happening and the the child does not know how to process any kind of shame or like you know if the parents would scold them or would yell at them or shout at them it just doesn't know how to process those so it kind of just blocks it so that it doesn't have to take but because it doesn't know how to process and then a kind of fort gets built over those emotions and now any time even when they grow up something happens in the external world that questions them or makes them feel guilty or makes them feel shameful or makes them feel unlovable this trigger is going to come up and then the, the the triggers can come as like you know they they may show anger they may show just isolation they just want to retreat back or or in any way that the the person has used for cope up mechanism and and if it's usually a one time event and if it's forgotten that's okay but then a repeated event such events keep happening from different events also can contribute to that traumatic events and then over the course of many years it builds it builds over so what i'm holding from what you're sharing right is something happened or didn't happen like like it's either they were yes. available or or they they hit you like to me hit you right either one of those are something happened outside of you yes right? or didn't happen which is the same as happening and then you had a like a story in your own head that you made up about that like can't be this i can't be that i have to be this way i can't talk to them i have to avoid them all, all that so what is the trauma the trauma is what they did or the trauma is what you made up from what they did or didn't do that that's that's a beautiful question trauma is usually what happened within yourself and it's less to do with the external event because two separate events can give rise to the same trauma so trauma is so, something so, that's hold, hold, hold yeah on, hold on. <laughs> yeah two separate events can give us the same trauma could you give us an example not no, like don't like from your own life or whatever right just to, as yeah. an example two separate different events that gave you the same trauma that could give you the same trauma yeah for example let's say somebody going through a spousal abuse or somebody went through a, a parental abuse and it could be an emotional abuse in one sense and then one could be a mental abuse in the other sense it's not the same event but at the end of the day what's happening here within this person is that person does not know how to handle those emotional abuse or mental abuse they're not able to let that pass through them so it just gets stored trauma at the end of the day is something that's just stuck from an energetic level if you look at it something that has come in and they're stuck and it's not able to move and then somewhere in our mind our mind and nervous system and the body feels that it's very dangerous to look at those events again and then it just kind of puts a fort around it and doesn't want to see it again okay Okay, good. Sorry, Deb. I'm, I got to go again. Right. Okay. We, we have a normal practice. We go back and forth, but nope, not not right now. I got I got to get this down. So, something happens or doesn't happen, and then we make up some sort of story about it. Yes. And then it's stuck. It's stuck. And then we like so then we can't process it, and then that story that's stuck with us is how we like we, we use that as a, like a to see the world 
And so now the other things come along and trigger us. So we build a fort around that, right? Yes. To protect yeah. us. To protect uh, us. For, for our, our listeners, those are what we call shields, right? They put a shield around to protect it, protect us. Now, once you have this stuck, right, and you're stuck in it, what do you do? The trauma is stuck. And I, stuck. I, yeah, yeah. And I want to make a very big distinction that we are not stuck in the trauma, but the trauma is stuck in it, which means only we have the power to release the trauma. So trauma at the end of the day is just a contraction. Like imagine that something something needs to go under your contracted and you, you store it within yourself. And now we usually say that the trauma is frozen because it's not coming to the surface so that you can actually look at it even through practices of presence and awareness and witness consciousness that we usually speak about in the spiritual world. Even with those practices, sometimes trauma is not going to come out. So what you do is you do a lot of inquiry-based practices that you keep talking, you keep triggering the trauma in a very safe environment so that the body and the nervous system feels a little bit relaxed to open up to you. So the story, like how to get stuck, who, 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 who caused it to get stuck or what caused it to get stuck in us? So, yeah, any event could have gotten it to get stuck. The reason it gets stuck is because we, at that point of time, could not handle the intensity of the emotion or the sensation or the thoughts. At the end of the day, if you take any experience and deconstruct an experience, it's made up of mental thoughts and memories. It's made up of emotions and feelings. And then it's made up of sensations. That's all it is. So what happens is when these events happen, and then there is a, there is a feeling of a, of a negative emotion that's coming up, a, a major guilt happens or a shame happens, or extreme fear for the body happens, that the body is going to die or so, then because we don't know how to process it, a shield gets built. Its shield, again, is an identity. I call it as an identity. It's a facade that is put over this energetic stuckness that is there because I don't have the capacity to deal with that emotion. Like sometimes when a grief happens, right? When somebody close to us pass away, if we don't know how to process it, we just, it just gets stuck there. And then we can build all kinds of stories around it saying, you know, it all happened, everything happened to the good, or, or I can feel that person somewhere, or I can see the person in the sky, the person has become a star. Like, you know, we see, we see all, all of these things, we, we say, we talk all of these things, but then turning back around and looking at that emotion is a difficult part of it. And that is what is stuck inside. Our, our inability to process that difficult emotion, sensation, feeling, thought, or memory is what causes the stuckness. Ah, thank. And Ron, let me try something on here. Okay. So, so as I'm listening to this, of course, I'm creating my own story about what you're saying. And when I listen is that from a young age, something happened to me and I am, I've created a story and I've created a story that I need to put a shield up. I need, I am stuck in that because any, any triggers that I notice in the future, again, my story, I'm noticing things out in the world that can make me feel the same way. Yes. So I'm making up a story about those other things being similar to what I experienced. And so 
what is a new story I can create? Like how that, that stuckness, right? Cause we, we know we've seen amazing people like yourself who have come through trauma. And how do you work to change your story about what that trauma meant to you? And how can you see the world differently now? Yes, to build a new story, the original story has to be completely neutralized. And then after that, some people say build a new story. For me, most of my teachings is don't build any story. Go with the flow, go with the present moment now and then take actions because um, we can dive into that a little bit later. So for me, what I tell usually people is, let there not be any stories within you, stories, identities, belief structures. So now what happens is our consciousness or the inner intelligence or the inner wisdom that we all are can easily flow through all channels of our body, mind, mental thoughts, whatever it is, emotions, feelings, whatever it needs to produce, and it's so intelligent that it produces the right emotion, feeling, sensation, and thoughts for the right moment. And usually I say that's why don't build any new story. Clear all your stories and see what shows up. Ah, you, yeah, you, you, you maybe think, think something else, right? You, you, <laughs> mentioned, you mentioned the right story for the right time. Yeah. Like, how, how do we know that? How do, how do we know what is the right story for us in different situations? It's a very intuitive feeling. And there's no, it's very difficult to explain that. But I'll try to explain that in, in the best way that I can. It's just from a feeling standpoint is, is what I can say. From a feeling standpoint, it just feels like you're in the flow. You're in the zone. There's not too many conflicting thoughts happening when you're actually taking an action. And it could be very simple things and it feels very ordinary. It feels like, you know, one of my, I was just talking to one of my clients the other day and then I said, it feels like a lazy Sunday afternoon when you don't have to do anything or get anything from the moment, but you're just enjoying. So there's, there's a part of joy, a kind of inner joy and Eckhart Tolle, he describes this as something like an enjoyment that is happening when you're doing. And, and it's kind of in the flow, in the zone kind of moments. And you just feel like you, you feel very aligned to the moment. Hmm. Yeah, how, how I listen is authenticity. Like I'm being authentically myself in that yes. moment. Yes. Rather than remembering what shield I have to use. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Ah, thank you. And the shield can be positive or negative too, right? Because usually we, sh we think like shields means it's a negative story that I need to get, I need to remove from my, from my body or from my life. But after a certain time, you realize that it's also the positive stories that we have built and stuck to that also need to be released. And that is when the intuitively in the moment, present moment awareness begins to flower. That's where those sneaky ones get in there. Because you <laughs> like them. I like this shield. I'm going to keep it around. But it's still a shield. Yeah. It still keeps you, you from go. being there. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster. Or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection. And in our workshops, 
We teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com. And I, I would also, like, uh, what, what I was triggered with, uh, Sunitha, is the, the flow, but I, I call it getting, getting to nothing. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my goodness. You don't have all those stories inside you, and now you can just be in the moment. And I think that's very powerful. There you go. And trust yourself that you can create what's next. Yes. We'll yeah. have to get into it. You, you did say something in the middle there. I, 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 it's still sticking in my head. It's you talked about identity. Yeah. What is that? What do, what do you mean by identity and, 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 and how do we use it and how, where, where does it show up for us? Yeah, identities can be at multiple different layers, right? Identity can be derived from what we do. I'm a mother or I'm a, I'm a professional or I'm an entrepreneur. That's a very surface level of identity. Then the second level of identity would be something like, I'm, I'm usually an angry person. I'm an anxious person. And now the, the anxiety, anger, and your emotions are not just for a particular situation. You just become, become that, like I am anxious, I am depressed, or I am sad, or I am angry. So those are the levels of identity. And then again, there'll be deeper levels of identity. It'll be like, I am blessed. I'm lucky. These are the good identities that we carry too, right? And then there can be other levels of identity that will be, oh, I'm just my mind, or I'm just my heart, or I'm my body. And identities can be in literally in anything. I mean, that's the differentiation of our human consciousness compared to any other consciousnesses, the, the, the self-referential capacity that we have. We, we have a self, and now the self can be a mind. And from the mind, I can look at the world and I can get back the acknowledgement and the mind can tell me certain things. Now I have become the mind. Then I can perceive everything from my heart. And then the self is here. It just literally, it feels like you are there. And then we perceive everything there. Or you can go deep down and then we can say, I'm really like, I, nothing can shake me. I'm so courageous. And you can go to the to the lower levels of your chakra and then say, I'm here, I am, I'm really like a stone, nothing can harm me. So that can be the deeper levels of identity. So again, it depends which, which stage of consciousness the person is. And from that stage, we can dive into the next level of identity that they can access and the next level and finally beyond all identities. Yeah, thank you. I, I was triggered to think about how to help people notice. Like, how do you work with people to notice those stories that they have? Or I, I sometimes I say the stories that have them and how they can release that. Yeah, it's a, it's a multiple step process, Deb. It's first of all, getting the awareness on how you behave. It's a lot to do with the self-discovery process. And today, the whole self-development industry or, or the self-growth industry has become more on the self-development, right? Uh, I, I, need to, I need to develop this part of myself, this part, and it's more about self-development. Somewhere, I think in our 40s or 45 or so, this is a very common theme that I'm seeing, is we shift our attention from the self-development process to the self-discovery process. And then that happens more from self-awareness. Okay, why, what, what is it? Like, what are the thoughts I'm getting? 
what's the mental activity that's going on in my mind? And in, in spiritual terms, we call it as the witness consciousness. We become the witness and then we start noticing our thoughts. Just sit for five minutes and then start noticing what thoughts are coming in. That's like the number one thing at the, at the mental level. Then again, we fall down to the emotional level. It's a similar thing. Why do I feel certain way with certain people and I feel better with certain people? And then remove the people out of the equation and then say, what was happening to me? What was I triggered about that I had developed this identity? And sometimes, uh, and then a very uh, common example is people develop these victim identities that I am a victim and, and I need to be this way and I need to get a lot of people's attention by being a victim. And victims can be good, victims can be bad. Uh, victim could be something like, oh, everybody affects me or everybody ill treats me versus the victim could be I'm the best. And everybody needs to be this way. So it could be in, in both the all around the spectrum. At the end of the day, it's an identity. So again, at multiple layers and at the level of our gut and somatic layer, it could be I am fearful. That is the identity that they usually carry. And then when they're fearful, they contract. So the first step is to be extremely self-aware of how I'm operating, what's happening within me. And the easiest way to understand that or to begin that process is understanding what an experience is made of. The, the best of our experiences or the worst of our experiences, both sides, all it's made up of thoughts, emotions, feelings, and sensations. That's all it is. Now you will have a little bit, you won't be that scared to look at your own experiences. You can actually notice them now without, without any, like completely getting lost in them. So you just take a step back and then it's like watching a movie, what's happening? And I'm making it simple, but it's, it's, it's sometimes you can get lost in the movie, but then just taking a step back and, and observing them. And, and again, a lot of times, even when you try to observe, a lot of things may not show up. That could be a lot of childhood conditioning, unconscious patterns, traumatic events that's literally stuck in the body. So a lot of inquiry-based practices needs to happen to thaw the frozen parts of us. They need to come to the light. We energize them and then we, we talk to them. We talk to those parts and then they start releasing. And then through these process, you can only do it when you have established yourself in presence. You have to be grounded in presence. What, is, what does that mean? Presence in the moment. So, so usually when... Presence and awareness. Uh, when I say that, it's when an experience is happening, when an emotion is showing up, right? Our natural tendency for the consciousness is to go get attached to it. And so now you literally experience the emotion. You go through the ups and downs of the emotion. But then what presence and consciousness or awareness does is it takes you out of that. And now you can still look at that emotion and let it pass through you without getting lost in it. And that's what we mean by presence. We need to have the capacity to be present and not get pulled by the gravitational force of such emotions. Yeah, that's good. I keep thinking about the gut feeling I get when I'm not being authentic. Yes. Right? When I'm not really being true to myself, when I'm, when I'm putting up one of those shields. Yes. That I can notice that. I can yes. notice that and it doesn't feel good. Like in the gut, I, yes. I can notice, 
wow, I'm really, I'm really holding something back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and usually at the lower levels, when we when we dive into the lower levels, it's usually there is a lot of fear that people hold on to with respect to fear of being insignificant or fear of being worthless or fear of uh, being unloved or not recognized. Or of course, and then the final fear is the fear of dying or losing oneself or losing our close ones. Those are the different fears that operate at that level of identity. And our, our gut will suddenly like contract and say, it holds on to it. And that's why we feel that kind of uneasiness at the gut level. It can happen at all levels. It, it, for a lot of people, it happens at the throat level. They cannot express something because they feel like something is stuck in their throat. Mm. So thank you. And uh, Deb, can I take a little direct? Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going back to the beginning, which is trauma is the something did or didn't happen. And then we have the story that we make up about it and it's stuck in us. It kind of occurs to me like something doesn't even have to happen or not happen. We can just make up our own trauma. Oh, yeah. And then how common is trauma? Like, do we all have trauma? So one of the research that, that they had conducted, I think 70 or 70% 70 of the adults in U.S. have gone through at least one traumatic event and probably stuck within them. That's what they say. But again, measuring this kind of trauma is also not easy, right? Because it's a subjective experience. And, and, and once the ego hears this, or it's a subjective experience, then the ego can build stories over it and then create even a false trauma. You see what I'm saying? Because it believes so. The, 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 the ego just believes that it, it had a traumatic event. And so, so that's why I don't know how easy it is for people to even measure yeah, my, my, what these events are. My, my first thought when you said 70%, I was going like, so the other 30% have their shields up and won't talk about it. Could be. <laughs> there you go. It could be. Could be yeah. It could be. This is part of being human. Yeah, mm -hmm. part of being a human. Exactly. If you're yeah. alive, you're scared, and you have trauma, and all that's what, what it means to be us. Yeah. Not to take We're, away from people's trauma, but just to, like, to know that it's a part of who we are. It's a part, yeah. Yeah. It, it's stuck there. That, that's what is trauma. It's stuck. I guess in some way that's, kind of comfortable that people are we're, like we're not alone in our trauma but in another way like we also have the power to move through it yeah and that was the whole idea about my tedx talk was let's use trauma as a doorway to our inner being because most people for some reason or so connect deeper to themselves when they go through a major suffering in their life. I don't know why it happens, but it just happens. Uh, because I think when we, are, when we are happy, joyful, enjoying or so, we forget everything and we are one with the experience so, because we want to enjoy. But then I think these kind of sufferings, internal struggles, we don't want to be with them. And so we want to take a step back and something within us uh, helps us to take a to 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 get away from that experience and, and see that there are other ways and other perspectives of looking at the same thing, and knowing that we all have gone through a trauma or there is a traumatic event, and if you learn how to heal the body from a traumatic event, because this level of healing happens at the somatic layers, it's not just a mental thought process that I can just let go of the mental thought process. Even if we can trick the mind to say that I'm. I'm all healed with my trauma, the body remembers. 
Um, there's a book called as The Body Keeps the Score. It's no matter what happens to our mind and the emotional layers, that the body just stores it because that's where the contraction is. So with trauma healing, what happens is we dig down to the level of somatic layers, to our physical layers, and then we clear them. And then we, we can have an experiential feeling of what it is to release something that is stuck. It, it actually feels that way, like something is holding and then suddenly it, it releases all by itself. And you'll feel like, oh my God, I got so much energy back. I feel good for some reason. And because what we do in, in traumatic healing, trauma healing is we transmute the stuck energies into presence. So if, if that energy is stuck, and then if it's released, imagine how much of energy comes to you, your being, into your presence, and it suddenly feels so alive and so awake and so lively and so. So that's why I think people who go through trauma have, they have come on the other side as a post-trauma healing. Post-traumatic growth is what we call it as, post-traumatic growth. Mm. It's, it's, they have connected more to themselves. And in the process, they also have a lot of empathy for other beings, and they know what, where, where the other person is talking from, what are the identities they're holding, what could have happened in their life for a person to behave. And that's where the compassion naturally flows. It's not something that we can force ourselves to be compassionate to others or force ourselves to be grateful. It's, it's a natural process that happens when you remove all the stories within you. That's great. Thank you so much. So thank you. We have a couple more things here towards the end. First, is there anything you'd like to share with us, like what's coming up with you, any place you're going to be speaking or where they can find you or anything else that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah. So my website has all the details about me, www.sunitasandeep.com. I have a free masterclass that I talk about my AWAKE program. It's a combination of deep spiritual concepts with scientific traumatic, scientific healing, trauma, somatic healing, and all kinds of healing so that we can lead a contemporary practical life and be thriving in it. So it has a five-step transformative process. And there's also a free ebook that you can download. And my Facebook, I'm on Facebook and I'm also on LinkedIn. Thank you. Sure. Uh, we, we normally uh, wrap up with something a little lighter, a little more fun. <laughs> Although sometimes it gets kind of deep, right? To just who we are, right? What is your favorite book? And we say that like you've read it more than two or three times. Oh my God. Okay. I have multiple favorite books that I keep reading all the time. If somebody wants to, like in my beginning days, I started with Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now. And after some days, I went to Michael Singer's untethered soul for a long time. And during my awakening days, I went into Adyashanti's books, any of Adyashanti. Adyashanti is a Zen contemporary teacher. So there's a book called The End of Your Inner World. And it's about removing all identities and stories and what that process is. So that's the, the awakening part that he talks about. So these three are my favorite ones that I literally keep reading them so often. Great. Thanks. Deb, and, and, and you? Thank you. Well, I'm trying to make up a new one because my listeners have already heard my book over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's interesting because usually the favorite book I have is the one I'm reading now <laughs> because I'm trying to learn. And the one I'm reading right now, and I'm going to have to look at it, it's called Deliberate Calm. 
And I'm noticing it. I don't know if I could have read this book 10 years ago. I'm noticing it differently now. And it's actually the full title is How to Learn and Lead in a Volatile World. So I'm going to say that's my first, that's my new favorite book, but it's not because I've read it several times over yet. Yeah. Th- thanks, Deb. I think we should call it one of your favorite books. Okay. Because, because you've read it a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. This week, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, and I've read it several times, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. The, the, the story, you really get to see everybody's stories that they're creating mm-hmm. and, and how they live their stand and everything about the people you make up stories about, but they're not who they really are. Oh, I yeah. Just, I just really love the book and I've read it several times. And I think the greatest compliment I ever got in my life was from my youngest daughter who said, Dad, you remind me of Atticus Finch. I was going like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. Sunita, thank you for being on our podcast today. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank you so much, Deb. Such in-depth questions. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. At Macklin Connection, We believe making authentic connections with others can literally change your world. We invite you to share this podcast with one person that you care about. Maybe it's someone you haven't spoken with in a really long time and you'd love to reconnect. Or maybe it's the first person that popped into your head when you listened to this podcast because you thought it would be perfect for them. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.